This is Getting Past Subtitles. I am Sean Peel. This is TK Lee. And today is week number four of this Kurosawa retrospective of all of his works. Uh, just to crap that, just to recap from last week, we saw the infamous Seven Samurai. And what else could we say about it besides, like, it's a classic, and it's a classic for a reason, so go see it, point blank, period. Uh, but this week, though, we are seven years into the future, in 1961, and the majority of the Western Hemisphere finally knows who Ekide Kurosawa is with this movie called Yojimbo. So Yojimbo means samurai, or not samurai, but bodyguard. I learned something new today. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think there was one thing that I want to mention is just how older Mufune looks compared to Seven Samurai. Or is it just me? Like, he definitely looks younger in Seven Samurai, but like seven years afterwards, kind of looks like he put 10 years of age in this movie. It could just be like, we finally see him, or I finally got to see him in like close-ups, you know? Because, like, in Seven Samurai, it's, like, just straight-up wide shots for the entire time. But here, it's I'm, like... It's also, like, the role. Huh? The role, too. Although, the role. Yeah. He's more youthful in the last one. Here, he's, like, a little mature, quote-unquote. Um, but, yeah, nonetheless, I do think it was a really good film. Uh, what about you? What are some of your first impressions? Have you seen this before? Yeah. Have you... What was your first experience with this one? Um, I just remember watching it um, online one day because I was bored and and, and like <laughs> just wanted to watch like a samurai movie, and I just stumbled upon it because it looked like the poster looked cool. So I was like, okay, let me watch this. <laughs> good old, good old Kurosawa. For a good samurai movie. What are some of your uh, first impressions with the film? It's a lot funnier than I would have expected. Mm. Like, there's a lot of comedic moments. Also, reminded me a lot of like westerns that I've seen before. Um, the story pacing and the structure is very much like a western, mm. where like the cowboy comes into the town and. He sees something wrong and like there's like, you know, a person that needs help and they ask for help and the basically the cowboy fights the bad people and then after he's done he just leaves. Right. That kind of story. Like I'm done here. Walks yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, I think um I mean, for me, I it is definitely sort of like that western like cowboy. Uh, spaghetti western feel um i mean initially you know like i'm not too familiar with the spaghetti western genre just because like i mean i don't I, like I, I never was personally attracted to it so i haven't watched a lot uh, but it does have that vibe but i was kind of surprised by like the plot structure of it like in like the minutiae you know just because i think like it's very void of action per se, you know? And when there is action, it's pretty cutthroat, pretty pretty quick sequences. But it's mm -hmm. more of, like, um, seeing, like, it's this witty kind of character, and he's, you know, pinning these two groups against each other. And the structure of the movie is just like, ah, let me do this plan, and then plan fails. And, like, ah, I come up with a new plan, and then, like, that plan fails, and then other stuff happens in the movie, you know? But I, it's a little more like complex than I than I would have initially thought, you know. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised going into it of like what I saw versus maybe what my expectations were. Mm -hmm. Um but I do really liked Yojimbo a lot, actually. I think it's definitely number two on the list so far for me. I think Seven Samurai is still above it just because of like character variety. Like a lot of those characters are just really, really noticeably great um really individual it's definitely more comedic than this one i think like versus you 
Um, I wasn't expecting comedy in this movie, which there was, but it was kind of like too many expectations of like, it was more, I don't know, more like, I don't want to say serious because it wasn't like a super drama, but it wasn't like overly comedic like Seven Samurai was, you know? mm. especially when we're talking about Mufune's, you know, role. Um, and just of like, as well as like the X factor of like the ambition that Seven Samurai has as a film and versus versus this one but overall i think uh this movie was really entertaining in like all the other aspects than samurai seven samurai had because this movie is like really like noticeably in its cinematography and the way that it's shot like one like there's close-ups it feels more personal there's more like intimacy with the characters especially since it's like just uh sanjiro mainly right so you get to know him and it kind of like him interweaving with the other characters um, and it's more of like those like complex relationships. It's just kind of more entertaining, like I said, in a different way than Seven Samurai was, but in a good way. And the action was cool too. Like I actually like really liked the action here, as short as it was, but it was very like grounded and realistic, and definitely more gorier than Seven Samurai, as we kind of like talked about in that episode too, where it's like, well, what can you expect? It was like the like the sixties, you know. And here there was like an actual effort to make the action look brutal and like gruesome. Like there's like actual like blood sequences and like the dog runs with like the hands and he like chops off the guy's arm and it like falls to the ground, you know? So there's more yeah. of like this sort of grounded element to to it that like adds to a grittier atmosphere that I kind of really liked. Yeah. So I think it is my week to do this synopsis negatively. <laughs> So let's let's see how I can do. This one is a little difficult for me, just because there's a lot of side plots that happen like over the course of the film. And I was like, how do I, how do I interweave this in like conciseness? So yeah, th- so this movie pretty much follows a Ronin who wanders into a town uh, that is initially pretty unwelcoming. Um, so he like meets this family who like badmouths the town so he kind of like overhears them they're badmouthing the town um and they're talking about like the failed like soak business essentially that's going on like they host a festival or something and like and like there's not really the festival is happening anymore so there's no way that they can sell their their soak i guess they're like a family of soak makers um and they also pretty much basically badmouth him because they kind of like talk about foreign wanderers into the town and uh, such like that so he heads into town anyways and he gets called out by this guy named Hanske who's the town's constable um, which is basically like I guess you could say like the sheriff almost right he's kind of like the law quote-unquote but yeah. he's like the worst guy to do that um, but he gets called out by him and he wants to hire him as a bodyguard for the town um and he pretty much refuses and just goes to this restaurant to eat where he meets the this old man that runs it and his name is uh gonji and gonji pretty much tells him like what's going on with the town basically like the town itself is failing um and this is because it's overrun by these two gangs you can say who are like fighting for power essentially and so on one side is um, a gang of like gamblers and on the other is a brothel business um, and so the leader of the gamblers is Ushitora and the uh, leader of the brothel is uh, Sabe uh, so after he hears this from Gonji uh, he <laughs> decides to stay anyway and like quote-unquote help out just for like because it's amusing to him so he kind of like comes up with a plan to meddle in the affairs and like you know uh solve the dispute between these two gangs uh and to like save the town pretty much uh so that that's the story it basically follows him who or follows the ronin and eventually just calls himself uh sanjiro kuobatake basically naming himself after like a mulberry field right um and he devises these plans to have these rival gangs eliminate each other instead of fighting them on directly. And so there's, you see that there's like two major plans that kind of happen. 
um, that involve Sanjiro using his services as a bodyguard to manipulate the leaders. Uh, but both of those plans kind of like fail because they never really like wipe each other out completely as he hoped. Um, but after like the second plan, which involves a hostage exchange, uh, which we can go into talk about later, um, Sanjiro gets himself into trouble when he helps out one of the civilians and saves his wife, saves his wife who is part of the hostage. But it turns out that he gets captured by doing this. Um, and once Ushitora uh, learns the truth about what really happened, he basically captures him and beats him half to death. Um, but eventually he escapes, and with the help of the old man, Gonji, he uh, puts him into hiding in like a temple for him to regain his strength. And then this kind of leads into like the final showdown between Sanjiro and Ushiro's gang by saving Gonji, who is captured, and basically like enacting his revenge on the entire gang for like almost killing him. Uh, so yeah, that's that. And there's a lot of stuff that happens between a lot of sort of minutia and side plots. But yeah, I wanted to kind of start off with talking about like the characters first. Uh, what did you think of the? What did you think of Mufune's character, uh, Sanjiro? I liked his character. It kind of reminded me a little bit about uh, Kikuchio in Seven Samurai. Mm. Just by some of the comedic moments kind of reminded me of it. Like when he is overhearing, what's his name? When he's overhearing Sebei's wife and Sebei talking about killing him. Right. And he's up there with the uh, women and he's like listening to it. And he gives the women a look and puts out his tongue. Or like when he's watching quote-unquote Master Samurai, when the battle's about to start, he's, he runs away. But right. then he like gives him a look while he's before he runs away. And uh, Sanjiro just like, is like smiling and then he just <laughs> goes down for the battle. Right, like, little like stuff like this that. idiot. <laughs> yeah, like little stuff like that I think really makes the character more layered i think and yeah. just kind of shows that he's very he's similar to what you would think of a typical samurai but he's also kind of different right in the sense that he's not so full of himself mm. in in one sense like he's like he he is able to kind of laugh at his own self right whereas i guess some other samurais typical samurais are very prideful and very one-dimensional in the sure. sense of i need to do it this way whereas um in sanjuro's case he's a little bit more go with the flow like <laughs> if something bad happens like he yeah. tries to figure out a way to kind of remedy that right. in his own way or you know he tries to use his brain to figure out certain things Mm. Where maybe he doesn't have to use his sword to fight, you know? Right. And right. there's never a sense of like, I need to do this. It's more like, I want to do this for him. Sure. And I think that's a very uh, interesting and charismatic part about Sanjuro's character. Yeah, he definitely shares like the, I guess, the same element of recklessness that his role with uh, Kukujiro in Seven Samurai. And is very, I mean, like he, like I said, he does things that he just wants to do, and sort of his like model almost is, you know, he, he's like that was amusing, and he just does things for his amusement. Like he he makes these these dramatic like situations and conflicts between these gangs just to like literally climb up to a high tower and watch it unfold, right? And like I said, it, it doesn't have like a care for like responsibility or duty or even his like own safety because. He, like, you know, one thing I saw is he really just puts his nose further than he should. And he just gets himself caught into these, you know, complex relationships and situations that, you know, as we see, like, in the climax and near the end, you know, he gets himself into trouble and nearly dies, you know, doing it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it's he does, like, embody, like, his own characters as well as sort of a typical kind of, like, samurai traits. Because, like you said, like, he... He all I think he does have like this, you know, scratching sense of duty. That's I mean that's why he saves, um, Nui his wife right like at the end, and because he, he feels bad for, uh, Kohei, 
and his son and then he you know finds it like annoying but he does it anyway and that's sort of like a, a feeling of like of duty sort of on his behalf to like not, i have to help somebody who's who's weaker than me you know and is in this situation um but yeah i i definitely liked uh his character a lot and it's he's a very like sort of nuanced character and pretty much like like i said before kind of complex in these traits that he's you know he's like very free flow kind of going with the flow but then versus like he still has like a samurai sense of duty and like to you know do justice um and i think that just like really makes for an entertaining story and an entertaining character in that way and it's funny like watching this versus like seven samurai because like as you were kind of saying like in seven samurai we follow fuck i forgot like what his name was but like the main guy who like hires everybody who recruits everybody he's like a very dutiful kind of character of a samurai right he's very like a military sort of like lead man and like the whole thing is like you know he makes a plan to like help the farm and then he's like putting everybody in their you know positions and it's very like military-esque whereas here Sanjiro's like the complete opposite he's just like ah, i'm just gonna help this town because i want to because i find it amusing it's just really cool to kind of see this sort of like contrast in storytelling in the character yeah Sanjiro is always kind of reluctant right in one sense where he acts like he doesn't care right but deep down he cares he, he's he's like that but we know but we know <laughs> yeah he's like that tsundere kind of character in one sense where he's always acting like he's mad about something or he doesn't like the way that the you know villagers are doing something or right. or like he's mad about kohei because he's acting like a baby or he's acting like a not like a man sure and he's not you know um, protecting his wife and he's mad about that but then you know everything he does he secretly is a, is a very nice dude he's a good dude right he's a good guy right. yeah who has this facade of not caring and just like going with the wind doing whatever mm-hmm. kind of facade but he actually really cares about people even right. gunji because you know as soon as he gets captured he like, leaves oh. the temple and he goes and rescues him Right. And like the relationships that he makes with the different characters, he tries his best to, you know, mm. keep them, and he tries to his best to keep his promises. Yeah, um, and he's honorable in that sense. I feel like because even when you know the Ushitora and Seibei start trying to hire him as a bodyguard, there are many times when he could just like lie, or he yeah, could just. Right betray one guy and go to the other guy but he always tells them like i'm gonna wait for a better offer i'm gonna ask him for a better <laughs> offer so right like he tells them straight up like the way that he wants to do things and i think that yeah. kind of goes along with the sense of being a samurai or, or being mm. honest in that sense and and he uses that as a way of playing with uh the gangsters and the gangs right and and kind of creating his own foothold within the two groups right yeah it's funny because like you can see it as like in one sense he knows his worth sort of like as as a samurai and like his skill set and he and you can kind of see it in a perspective of he's doing it for his own gain because he's always he's always like seeking the highest bidder in all those situations as well like and he's know, always he's, like, oh, I'm I'm waiting for who gives me the most money, right? right. It's not worth doing it without <laughs> a lot of money, right? He says that. <laughs> and he, he's like, he's not even collecting, like, the full payment. Like, he constantly goes to, like, one person. And he's like, I'll take a 30 down payment now. And then when we win, I'll get it. He'll take yeah. the down payment, go to the other side, and, be, and like, do the exact same thing, right? So right. it's still, he's, like, seeking, like, almost greed and, like, like money in this situation rather than like justice per se like you can kind of see right. it in that sense but at the same time like you can see it like he doesn't take sides ever but the thing is at the end of the day like he doesn't take any money he doesn't get yeah, any right. money at the end of the day <laughs> so like it, it's interesting because i think even that is a is a facade right like right. the money like worth of getting money from these thugs it's just a way to kind of play with them and and kind of you know pull their strings 
Yeah. Whereas his true motivation and his true purpose and his true goal is really to get rid of them. <laughs> so it's it's interesting because in one sense, if you look at it in a very one-dimensional way, mm-hmm. in the beginning, you might think that he's just there for the money or like just trying to um, right. get the highest bidder. But then if you kind of look more deeply into it, you can see that he is actually trying to play with the two sides and trying trying to get them to fight each other right, right. Um, and without having to exert as much energy from himself to you know get right. rid of them what she kind of does at the end where you know one group basically destroys the other group and yeah, yeah. they're kind of left there alone and mm-hmm. you know Sanjiro takes care of the rest at the end yeah. so it, yeah it's funny cuz like it like his goal happens just like not in the way that he intended to, right? Right. And just like complex side story and like involvement happens along the way. Mm-hmm. And kind of the sense of, oh, I'm here to do like I was like pit these two against each other. One takes one out, and then I'll finish the rest. But it becomes more interesting because it it doesn't like keep that sort of element to it, but it adds like a personal aspect of like, oh, now they like did me wrong. And so now he has, like, a personal, like, revenge aspect to it, you know? Yeah. After they capture him and almost beat him. And he has sort of, like, a deeper motive to do something that's yeah. not, like, one-dimensional in a sense of, like, oh, I'm just doing it for, like, fun in a way. Yeah. He also has the greatest, like, what in the fuck is happening face. <laughs> like, when, when the dog, like, runs by him with the hand and he's like, <laughs> what? And there's, like, two moments that, like, you get that close-up. It's like hilarious. Um, yeah. So, what about some of the other characters? Was is there any other particularly favorite that you had? Dude, I loved Honma. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the fake swordsman guy. He's just such a perfect comedic like character, and he only comes out for literally what like less than scenes, five right? minutes. <laughs> yeah, less than five minutes. <laughs> He's there when you know. Uh, Sanjiro first meets the Sebei gang and he right. Sebei introduces his family basically and, mm-hmm. and his best swordsman to Sanjiro. And Homa comes at the very end and he like kneels, but then he sits like facing away from him because he feels like he's not <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, like, he's like I'm not worthy of him or something. Like yeah. I'm not worth thirty real. I'm like the lower class. I'm not worthy of sitting <laughs> next to him. <laughs> And then when the battle starts happening, you just see him like. Wait, he like wages it going... with like how much he's paid. He's like he's getting paid thirty rio and I'm being paid like two rio one, or something. Yeah. One. <laughs> and you just see him like going over the uh, the walls and yeah. just dipping. He's like, nope. Yeah, I'm out of here. You know that character? He's actually uh, the main character from Sanshiro Sugata. Oh really? Yeah. I like it's hard for me to like pinpoint the faces because it's just like they happen so fast. Right. Like, there's just too like, and there's too many characters. That's a common thing with like I find with these Kurosawa films. There's just like an ensemble of people. It's kind of hard to keep track of like who's who at times. Yeah, it's fun because like Akira Kurosawa always uses like the same people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so films. it's like a cameo and like everything. So it's thing. fun to find like who's who and see who's who. But yeah, I really like that character. Um, he comes out for such a short time, but you already can tell what kind of person he is, what kind of character he is. <laughs> coward! You coward! <laughs> I just love that about him. Mm. Uh, Dude, what was up with the crazy mayor? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was about to talk about him, too. Well, we'll save it for last, because I want to talk about just, like, the whole ending sequence, too. Yeah, sure. Just, just like, that whole bit is like, what? But, like, he, so, like, the mayor only comes out twice. He's a weird kind of guy. Well, you hear uh, him all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's always he, beating uh, that drum. <laughs> him and definitely like Honsuke too. Like when Honsuke comes out with like the I don't even know what those are, but like when he announces the time. Outside, yeah, yeah, the little clickers, like, the clack clack. <laughs> yeah, the clacks. <laughs> uh, he's like the biggest pushover, just mm. siding with the gang. Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about was the first battle. Um, I really liked how he shot that battle scene or 
the encounter, let's say, because it's not technically a battle. Right, they didn't really right. like fight all the way, but right. the scene when Sanjiro basically tells um, Seibei, I'm going to like, like, <laughs> not work with you because you're trying to kill me after I win. Right. And like, you know, he goes up that tower. Mm. And I really love that shot because uh, it has Sanjiro in the middle and he's up on the tower and then, and then the, uh, the gangs slowly right. come and slowly start meeting in the middle right but it it's it's framed in such a way where sanjiro's in the very top and you have the gangs on the bottom and it's basically like sanjiro is like basically <laughs> the head of all of this he's like in control of all of this Ooh. and it's a really well framed way of kind of showing that showing that sanjiro is kind of like the mastermind sure. of everything that's going on on the ground and these like gangs are basically under his hand mm-hmm. and i thought it was a really well shot kind of um way of depicting that <laughs> it's just funny like seeing them like try to go at each other and they're like uh, and they're like scared ah! and they're like forward yeah. and they're like ah! don't take don't come any closer and they're like yeah inching forward <laughs> they're like bouncing the blade at each other yeah it's definitely long-winded took him forever to do that mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was interesting i like i said like i didn't like expect sort of like how the plot structure was gonna go like i didn't expect oh like oh this is a very uh sanjo does a very like witty kind of guy right like he he thinks with this head rather than using his sword um and he like he, you know he only uses it when necessary but he kind of like knows his skills as a samurai and so it's very interesting to see, like, oh, this is going to be a movie about uh, him, like, you know, just coming up with these witty plans and then to kind of, like, try to execute them and get these guys to, you know, go at it each other. So, you know, like, in that moment, it was kind of cool to, like, see, like, th- that cultivation kind of happening and, like, him backing out the last second is like, nah, you're going to backstab me, so I'm out. And he just literally just <laughs> watches over them. And I like those sequences too, where like that, and then the second encounter where it's like the hostage exchange, like the first one at night where he, uh, what's his name, Onsuke, like shoots the the two guys anyway, but then mm-hmm. uh, Sabe comes out with the with the wife, and everybody's like, whoa, <laughs> like he has yeah. an ace under his sleeve, you know, yeah. and then he, he just comes down from the town. And he's like, that was interesting, yeah, <laughs> like, he's just like riled up by how like fun and more like like how the stakes are just kind of like stacking up on each other you know yeah um yeah i think it's just a really kind of fun like character for him to do that yeah another thing i liked was the development of the relationship between gonji and sanjiro yeah like how in the beginning he comes into the restaurant and very basically gonji tells him about the whole town and what's going on and right. Konji's always like, hey, like, just leave this town, like, stop making, <laughs> you know, stop making right. a ruckus, like, don't make any more problems here, like, we don't need you, leave, leave, leave. And slowly, like, Konji starts to understand, like, who Sanjiro is and what he's about. He starts, basically, by the end, like, you know, he's helping him with his plans and everything, like, <laughs> he's trying to help him out whatever way he can, and especially when... Sanjiro gets captured after he gets captured and he, he comes back to the restaurant. He saves his life by, you know, lying to the gangsters and mm. deceiving them and all that. And and I just really like that relationship that continues to, like, develop over the course of this movie. When right. all of the other things are happening, there's always that moment when Sanjiro goes back to the restaurant and he talks with Gonji. And, and they kind of like they're kind of like husband and wife in one sense where like they're always bickering back and forth it's like hey stop doing this and and you should do that and all of that um that relationship is really um fun to watch i think yeah um as a as a i think it's very much like the foundation of the film like the through line of the film where it's kind of the one constant that's constantly there while right. all of these like different things are happening within you know the story yeah i really like that scene where um i think it was like after he like right before the hostage so he like makes the plan he like 
captures the two guys that did the murder in like the other town and he sells them to Saibe and then he goes to um Oshi the other guy Ushitora. <laughs> uh, Ushitora and he like makes up the fake story and he's like you know Saibe captured your men and now he's holding them hostage and he like basically like takes payment for both of them and then he goes back to the restaurant and the old man then Gonji is like was this little drama you're doing he was yeah. like it was half my doing and then they figured out the rest of themselves yeah <laughs> He was like, I didn't have everything to do with it, but yeah, yeah, it was kind of neat. <laughs> it is like a cool relationship. I found it funny of Gonji freaking out, like his response to the situation versus uh, Sanjiro's response. Like, because I mean, he's responsible for most of what happens, but he takes it with like a grain of salt and he takes it as like as an episode, very like hilarious and very amusing. And Gonji's yeah. like, freaking out like this is my town dude like we already got problems and look what you're doing you know but yeah it is right as you kind of say they kind of they have a deeper bond that that kind of opens out you know and he starts supporting him because he sees that he's like you know he's actually sort of doing good for the town in the end we're trying to (laughs) right we're trying to anyway just getting him captured in the end (laughs) like Mm. using as bait yeah yeah but it is very like a relationship of Gonji represents like the really the town in itself and then you know Sanjiro is sort of like the savior of a character and so Mm -hmm. their dynamic is very just like for his motive to save the town and he kind of treats Gonji as like the town in itself and Gonji is like it's kind of like a caretaker in a way like he's he's like a common worker in the town he owns like the local restaurant and he and he knows of everybody in the area he's like kind of friends with the coffin maker who's next door and he knows the mayor and he tells him like he's a mayor but not really a mayor and then there's you know and he's like that's Honsuke and he's like he sucks at his job and you know he like knows the town he knows the people and he knows like the civilians and like that happens you can see that with the hostage exchange where we we get introduced to Kohei and his son and then they're like watching his wife like come out of captivity and to the other side you know and it's it's Gonji who brings them into the restaurant and it's like you know you can watch from here here's the view sort of thing yeah so it's just it's cool to see kind of like you know you, you you take like everybody and you put it onto this one character in a way and it's like oh this is this is why the town is worth saving you know um yeah no i definitely let me see what i got well one thing that like kind of annoyed me in one sense is the escape scene when oh. when Sanjiro like like the the treasure chest like the lock is like broken and like basically he hides in the treasure chest and no one finds out the answer that, was there all along uh, I'm, I'm just like man that's a little like an easy way out I feel like it was like heavy foreshadow. How many times did he get knocked against the storage? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I get it. But <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, man, that feels a little cheap. <laughs> and it's such he a big thing he looks at it and it's like shot of him like. <gasps> yeah. And then shot of the <laughs> shot of the storage. And it's like zooming in and he's like yeah. trying to climb his way over to it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I you, felt like that was like a cheap way out, but. How else was he going to get out? The door was locked, man. <laughs> he has to beat them all up. <laughs> Half dead. He was in no shape. <laughs> I honestly, though, was kind of expecting him to, like, know some, like, judo or something, you know? <laughs> like, have some hand-to-hand combat experience. But nah, he was just... He was turned into dust without his sword. <laughs> just getting tossed about. Other than that, I actually... I like the coffin maker, too. The I like the ending. Well, not the ending, but like when, uh, when they're trying to uh, escort Sanjiro to the <laughs> temple, right? And they borrow the coffin and they put him in the coffin, and the coffin maker and and Gonji are like carrying the coffin, and then Sanjiro's like, <laughs> so "No, I want to watch like, what's, wait, happening. Wait, what's happening." <laughs> He's like, "Stop!" And they're like, "What? We got to go now." He's like. No, wait, what's happening? They're like, they're raiding Saibai's place. He's like, that sounds amusing. Put me down. <laughs> and then the coffin maker just disappears. <laughs> uh, 
It's such like Sanjuro's character to be like that. And he's like, I can't see you from here. Like, move me over a Get little closer. bit. Get uh, closer. It, it feels like, it's like silly in Sanjuro's character. Like, right, he's like, takes, you know, pleasure, like amusement over anything in a sense. But at the same time, it's almost like a writing crutch. Because like, because then like, oh, now you have to see that uh, Ushitero actually wins the, the rival battle. Right? Yeah, it kills everybody, and then the and then of course it's like the gullible younger brother like helps them move the body to the graveyard. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's like super severe ADD. It works really well though. I think that moment, it's just uh, everything falls in place. The characters right. fall in pa- place. It's definitely a comedy relief. Like it definitely works in that sense. Yeah. He's well, ruthless. it's actually it, it's huh? actually a very uh, serious scene, yeah. But with the comedy, it kind of helps, kind of change the mood. <laughs> well, it's funny because like he's he's going and he's like it's like comedic in the sense he's like oh wait stop what's happening and they stop in like the middle of the action where he's trying to run from, and yeah. then it goes into like deep sort of like a serious moment with Ushituro killing all of Saibe and like his son and all of his men even kills his yeah. wife you know and then literally the moment afterward is like a comedy relief with the brother trying to hide the graveyard yeah interesting dynamic there uh yeah and then i mean i really enjoyed like the ending afterward so he like you know hides in the temple he gets healed um and then they find out that gonji is like providing food and ointments to him and so they capture him and the coffin maker like coffee maker comes up to Sanjiro and it tells him what's happened to him and then he's like you know and he immediately goes out to save him um and then eliminates everybody it was a very like classic kind of like western scene like oh it's the final duel there's like the dramatic like walk-in you know yeah and it's like a really big like mise-en-scene like scene like with the dust in the background and just like everything cultivating together, but it really just like it's it's over dramatic, but it works for what it is. I think mm-hmm. and it's really entertaining. And then there's like you know the big heavy, which is Onsuke, the younger brother, because he has like the gun, which is like the X factor kind of thing. Yeah. You know? But he's like, no, nah, I've been working on my sashimi skills, bro. Been <laughs> <laughs> working on my knife throwing skills. Yeah, I like that too because in the temple you see him throwing the knife. Yeah, and that pays off like right away. I, I liked how he puts that in there, like that right. scene of him practicing, mm-hmm. so that there's the payoff of him when he throws it later on. He does that really well, I think, in the movie where there's like a setup and then a payoff that mm. happens. I hundred percent agree. Like it's so small, but it's so uh, smart and so like. Like it's a, it's it initially seems like a small thing, but it has such a big payoff. Like it's right, like like if you think about it, like other movies, maybe like you don't have to put that scene in there, right? Like it's not right. necessary. But I think that by putting it in there, you kind of have the sense of payoff later on, where it's just like, oh yeah, like he was practicing that, right? Like, right. It makes sense in that in that regard. Right. Because you don't want to feel that you know he throws a knife, and it's like a very like you don't want to have to feel like oh that's such a Hollywood move thing. you know yeah like, yeah, yeah. it's like oh he has like super good knife skills all of a sudden and he just mm-hmm. like hits him right in the arm where he's supposed to and then cuts him down with the opportunity you know right. but instead you 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 initially get the impression of like him playing with the knife and he's like he does it a few times and you kind of see he's like he's working at the skill and he's like kind of skilled at knife throwing Doing on his it, leaf. Yeah. and then it pays off to the end when you know he, he beats the gun versus a sword battle Mm-hmm. And, like, even further to that, you know, like, once his character gets introduced, once once he comes out, you know, it's, like, him and the gun kind of thing, right? And then in an era where there's samurai and everybody has swords, and he obviously has the leverage against anybody against him. And he, like, he definitely shows it off, like, every scene that he's in. Yeah. But you're, like, wondering, like, okay, they're obviously going to pit each other eventually. It's a matter of when. But exactly how is it going to go down? Like, how is... Sure, Sanjiro's, like the better swordsman of everybody there, but against the gun, what's he going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this scene, like, really kind of cultivates that question uh, to an entirety, so. Yeah. Again, it's it's such a small thing, but it does definitely has a, a huge payout. 
pay off. Excuse me, Mom. Um, yeah, and then like cuts everybody down in the end. Pretty cool, pretty fashionable. And then it takes forever for once kid to actually die. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, he like, what do you think of like the scene where he's like, "You seem like a nice guy." Because then going back to right, he he doesn't kill one, the youngest kid who like screams out for his mother, and he's like, "It's a very Kill Bill scene, right?" Like you remember Kill Bill too when she slaughters all of the swordsmen, and then she like beats the one kid. And he's like, get out of there. It, like, it's very, like, oh, I was like, that's definitely where that came from, 100%. I mean, like, you know, payoff there, too, exactly. Like, in the very beginning, you see the kid. He's like, dude, I'm going to go. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to, you know, make it. I'm going to get good food and live the life. Uh, at the end, you know, that payoff where right. Sanjiro basically scolds him into going back to his mommy. Right. Eat gruel like, all your life. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, uh, Onsuke is like, "Oh, you're a good guy. Can you pass me my gun so I can <laughs> <laughs> so I can die peacefully?" And he actually does it. And it's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. I was like, "Dude, Sanjay, <laughs> was why like, would what? you do that? Why would you <laughs> give him the gun, especially like without even checking if there's any more bullets in there or not?" I know. Like, I could understand if you don't know how to operate a gun, but to give it to him still, you know. You know, you know he's trying to lie to you. But then he has, like, a change of heart at the end. He's like, I can't do it. And then he shoots him to the ground. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, this is this is going a little too far for me. Everything in that last scene was kind of like, I don't even know what is happening in a way. Like, it was just so peculiar, so odd. I love that scene with Unosuke where it's during the raid when they're raiding Seibei's place and, like, the fire happens. The uh, silk, uh, where they store the silk, it's like yeah. basically burning, and you get that close up of the uh, of Unosuke's oh, yeah. face, and he's just like has that evil <laughs> smile while the building is burning in the back. It's, like perfect kind of depiction of like what kind of character he is. A very sly, very like devious, and devious character. <laughs> he definitely has like such that like just that persona and like face to him. You know, this yeah. handled really well. Yeah, I thought that was going like well, they just like get back at each other. He's like burns the silk, and then like unloads all of the sake. Yeah, like, <laughs> and the sake brewer is like coming up to him, and he's like, "Anything yeah. to help, please." These poor guys, dude. Takeshi Shimura, like he c- comes out for like like a few minutes, but I, I just love his character, dude. <laughs> like how he plays the characters. He looks like super when when the mayor weird. is is like brutally murdering him Tokumon is just like ah he's <laughs> like we're trying to run away from him the crazy mayor yeah yeah uh, which is like what was that about <laughs> I don't like wh- what was that about I think I mean it's just it's just the mayor getting revenge at the end basically for what he you know what Tokumon was doing in the town but by then the mayor is basically insane like he went crazy Right. So like, he's just, just this he's just crazy like dude. full on like dementia. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what what is happening here? And it's so <laughs> long like it's so long winded that scene. Like he's he's out there banging his drum dramatically and <laughs> there's like a good like three minutes of watching him like go yeah. through the town and playing it. That's a great scene though. It it gives that eerie feeling when sure. he's like banging on that on that prayer drum, and you're just like, what the heck is going on? What, what is This happening? town is freaking weird. <laughs> it's very, like, Blood Rain-esque. <laughs> mm, yeah, almost. Almost. Yeah. It, it comes out with, like, the splatter blood on his uniform. Yeah, it's it's a little more humorous, but, yeah, like, it, it is yeah. definitely kind of like that. Like, creepy. Like... Humorous, but creepy. <laughs> and then you're wondering, like, do you really want to leave the town... Like this, you know? like, <laughs> he's like, it's gonna be quiet now. <laughs> Can it really have a fresh start? No, not with this guy around. Basically, uh, the only people that are left is the coffin maker, the mayor, and like the Gungi. old people. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no hope for the future. The old people. Yeah, and then he's just like, he cuts off his rope, and he's like, "All right, see you later." <laughs> and it's like mm. roll credits. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, very the similar, music, too, I really like um, the theme music for Sanjiro. Mm. It really ca- encapsulates the character, I feel like. That really, like, uneven sound, the rhythm of the music, especially whenever, like, in the beginning and at the end, when we first meet Sanjiro and when we see him leave the town mm. and we hear that music. It's like such a almost it feels comedic. Like every time I Yeah, hear it, yeah, it's it almost comedic. Very, yeah. Right? It's it's like a very off-putting, offbeat kind of music that really right. I think encapsulates Sandro's character very well. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, like yeah. you don't know what to expect from him, right? And sure. like the music kind of adds to that. Right, right. Yeah, very. Yeah, but then there's like, like chaos all the time whenever you meet him too. So that kind of also adds to that too. All chaos. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you know I was watching this and I was like, I mean, it feels like a very like modern esque kind of movie. Like 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 going back to just the camera work and the cinematography. Like there are some like there's just great shots overall in the movie and like yeah. I mean the movement of the camera, just the framing of it. Um, it all reflects like very like modern cinema even today. Personally, to me, I think like if someone went back and like colored all the cells like through and through, like it would like it would feel like really up to date. Like I think you could do an amazing job if this movie was like brought out in color again. Yeah, I mean even without color, it still looks good. So <laughs> <laughs> like that, and then like actually like good mixing, <laughs> like like good sound mixing. And just like a a, a refreshing uh, a score, but yeah, it definitely. I mean, it's just it's funny like pitting this against Seven Samurai, what we, what we watched last week, because it's it is just a very different movie compared to it, um, but really great nonetheless. Uh, have you seen like the quote unquote like sequel like spinoff make Sandro? Like, yeah. Sanjiro afterward. Mm-hmm. It, what what is it exactly? Like it's a more comedic take, sort of on the movie though. No, not not really. I mean, it, it's like another like story sure. with Sanjiro in it, and basically Sanjiro helps these younger samurai. He helps them overthrow this corrupt government. Not really government, but like corrupt group of people within this. Um, I don't know if it's really a town, but like uh, within this area, I actually like Sandro better. I think, but there are a lot of similarities too. There's like the moment when Sandro like fakes out the uh, like he he basically he tells um, the bad guys like to go check this place out because the guys are there, and then basically he he's like I'm gonna go with them, and he kills them, and then he comes back <laughs> and he's like oh. They died. <laughs> and he's the one that killed them, but then he's like, the other guys killed them. And that same thing happens in Yojimbo too, right? Right. When he's exactly like, like, they're guarding the wife. And yeah. he's like, and he like basically gets recruited just to guard the wife. And then he comes with uh, the other, what's his name? Uh, Inokichi. And yeah. he's like, he goes to Inokichi. And he's like, oh my God, all six of the men are dead. He's like, what? You got to go tell Onsuke right now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, runs out. And then he walks in and he's like, it cuts everybody down. That that's his trademark <laughs> trademark skill. Uh, just, <laughs> he lies to the dude, makes him go, and then he kills everyone. He's kills like, everybody. "Look what happened! What happened? The bad guys." <laughs> he does that all the time. He's like, "I told you, you should have had thirteen men watching that lady." Yeah, but no, you only had six. But it's fun. Oh, it's man. fun. It 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 kind of plays with that again, and right. and in a different area, different setting, but. There's a nice, really cool ending uh, scene, ending showdown scene. Actually, with the same guy, <laughs> he gets cut, did... cut down by Mifune again. <laughs> We've been we we did this last year, so you know how it goes, right? Yeah, one more time. Yeah, except this one's a lot more bloodier, but Ooh. but it's no fun. no gun involved, <laughs> no gun, not this time. It's part of him. He said it. He's like, I can't, I can't live without my gun. Maybe that's why he died again. Mate. Missing the element. Uh, yeah. So that was a heavy endorsement for Sonjiro. Might have to go watch that sometime. Um, 
But yeah, let's. So moving on for the next week. Madadayo. Which is. You do not want. You don't want to do Ran? Oh, Ran. I forgot about Ran. Do you want to or do you not, not want to? I think I can do it. Okay, let's do it then. Let's do Ran. How do you spell that? Is it just R A N? R A N. Run. Run. This one's color, right? Yeah, right? Mm hmm. So this will be the first in color one that we're watching. Yep. Wait, is this the first one that he did, though, in color? No. No? Okay, that's right. Nah. Um, yeah, so it sh- should be definitely different. What's this one about? Who do we have here? It's basically King Lear, but gotcha. in Japan. The guy who played Unosuke is, King, is basically um, the main protagonist here. Mm. So the guy with the gun. <laughs> yeah. The, the weird snake face dude. Snake face? <laughs> He's like Sly Cooper. Mm. Uh, should be interesting. It'd be interesting to see him in the lead. It'd be cool. Yeah, it'll be a different kind of, you know, twist on what we've been watching because right. at first it's in color. It's his last epic film. Ooh. So that. And really, like, it's really a beautiful film. Just in terms of the way that he used color and all of that. Mm. Like, you'd be surprised because, you know, he's done so many, you know, black and white films. Like, right. you wonder how he would do when he does color. But, like, dude, it's some great stuff. I mean, the frames look great. Ooh. Yeah, that should be good. It's two hours and, like, 45 minutes, so buckle up your seatbelts, boys. I mean, we've been watching, like, hella long <laughs> ones. This this series is not to be trifled with. You may, you may need to take two bathroom breaks for every episode, <laughs> if you haven't already. <laughs> but yeah, this one will be good. I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, so correction. It'll be ran next week from 1985 find your way to watch it probably on HBO Max again I don't know that's a good question um but yeah we will see you there peace bye bye